0: In the chariot, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in horses, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails, his name will always prevail. We trust in the name.
1: here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, also oh so highly exalted. In heaven above Humbly you came To the earth you created all for our sake Became poor Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together
2: altogether wonderful to me.
1: Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're be here with my brothers and sisters this morning it's good to see all the hearts and those who love you who come together and hang out for a while and got to pray this morning that you would allow us to sing to you that you would move our hearts to be closer to you god that in this these songs in this worship in the message that you're going to use our brother and your son rob to share with us that in a powerful way god you work in our hearts today stir us and move us um, do your will in us we we need you and we love you, and I pray all of us have a wonderful, spiritual, moving experience in you today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I've got a, good, a bit of good news for you. Um, here, I'm a little raspy this morning, so you are not going to sing worse than I do. So I want to encourage you, if you're in the back, Zane Miller in the back, over in the corner, Kaylee, wherever you are, I'm watching you. All right, And we're going to sing, we're going to lift our hearts to God and share with him a bit today. Let's Let's stand as we sing this. I will call upon the Lord,
0: who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my
1: enemies. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. Let God my salvation be all. Until
0: you know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock that like God. salvation be exalted you know the lord liveth and blessed be the rock let the god of my salvation be exalted you know the lord liveth and blessed be the rock let the god of my salvation be exalted i will call upon the lord
1: in moments like I sing out a song I sing out a love song To Jesus In moments like these I lift up my voice I lift up my voice to the Lord Singing I love you Lord Singing I sing out a love song to Jesus. In moments like these, I lift up my hands. I lift up my hands to the Lord. Singing I. Today, okay?
3: Morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew, 28th
4: chapter, starting in verse 16, and we're just going to read through the end of the chapter here. It says Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go.
5: bow together almighty god we're here to say that worship you and to say that we love you this morning because you've loved us first i know how you did prove that love sending your only son to die on our behalf so that we would not be hopeless we would have a way to live with you eternally we pray that you would help us spread that word and live by that word and look forward to seeing you in heaven someday We pray that you would help us to see our many blessings here where we live and that uh, we're bypassed so many of the bad things that happen in this world. And we thank you for that. And we praise you and we ask that uh, you would be with the less fortunate places on earth. I'm thinking of the Ukrainians and the Venezuela people migrating to this country to escape war torn places and where they might find a way to live in peace. Pray that you'd be with the Hope for Haiti Children Foundation and much good could be done there for those orphan children in Haiti. Pray for all the kids being treated at St. Jude's Hospital, that you'd be with the doctors and the patients there, that much good could come out of that. Pray that you'd be with us here in, in our own community, that as a church we can be the light that you want us to be. Help us to get along with one another and Help us to forgive one another, because we know our forgiveness uh, is it relies on that. Help us to spread the good news about Jesus Christ and look forward in seeing you, Lord, come quickly in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Come, thou fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing.
0: Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me ever to a-
1: says prone to wonder 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 lord i feel it prone to leave the god i love we're here this morning and 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 after this next song we're going to take uh share in the communion service around the table of the lord and so you men you know when we're when we're going through this song just go on back but i want to encourage you guys that that this story these songs we're singing those are us that's where we live that's who we are we're not we're not those who are perfect. We're just perfect in Him. He's good and He loves us, and this one encourages us. We sing this song to be reminded of that today. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious
2: Redeemer, and Friend. Who
6: Good morning. When I come up here, I'm always reminded that I'm thankful that God listens to our hearts and not always our words, because I don't always know what I'm going to say. It's, it's kind of, you get an anxious feeling when you try to come up with something to say every time. And with Rob being here today, it kind of reminded me of uh, my first time in Haiti, uh, which was in 2008. Uh, that was a very anxious time as far as getting ready to go on the trip to Haiti. Just anxious about going down there, the trip, what was going to happen, you know, just things you hear on the news. Just anxious, leaving my family. Um, Jody was pregnant with Grant at the time, so it was just kind of a stressful time altogether. And somewhere along the lines, we would do these weekly or monthly meetings on the phone, just getting prepared for things. And somewhere along the line, someone asked me to, uh, would I be willing to lead a men's class when I got down there? Well, I, did, I really wanted to say no. But I, I said, no, I'm up for the challenge. I will do this if you'd like for me to. And so I said, sure, so I'll start preparing for this. And I wanted to be prepared. I started preparing, you know, that week probably. And then the next meeting they said, Aaron, don't worry about it, because this had come up. Uh, you will not be expe- expected to speak in French Creole. We'll have a translator. And I would really thought that. I thought, am I going six weeks to pick up French Creole? I really don't know if I can do that. And so, uh, but we'll have a translator. And that's... That's how I did eye exams and everything was with a translator. They were wonderful people, just a gift from God to be honest with you. So I, I prepared for my lesson and now we're, now we're getting ready for the trip and I'm nervous. Like I said, we're down there, we're flying on the plane and just all the anxiety you get on the travel and ever been to that airport down there, that's an experience all on its own and it was just pure chaos and, 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 and it's getting through it all and we're there and we grabbed a little bit to eat. and and now we're just busy. It's a Saturday night and we're busy and I don't even really have time to think about my lesson that I have to give tomorrow. And and someone at some point who uh, has spoke, uh, a good friend of mine that I was rooming with down there and he had been down there many times and spoke. He said, hey, Aaron, I just wanna give you a heads up. Speaking with a translator can be interesting. And he said, you kinda gotta wait for them every now and then. And I thought, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I just thought they'd just translate closed caption you know and that's just how it would be but speaking with the translator can be very difficult because every now and then you just have to pause and let him finish what he's doing and sometimes you lose your train of thought Uh, I'm a master of Southern Ohio speak. I do run on sentences like no one's business. I'm sure my mom, the English major, just cringes every time I speak. Don't even get started by my slang and the jargon that I use. And this Southern Ohio accent is getting no better as I get older. Um, I got hung up on the word jaded. Uh, I said jaded, the translator's like jaded. And at this point, I'm like, I don't know, jaded, it's just jaded. And I don't know a synonym for jaded off the top of my head and he's doing this and I'm doing this and someone luckily in the crowd yells, you know, and it's like, and the guy goes, oh, okay, translates it and we move on. Needless to say, I got through it um, and I mean, remember you're on the equator and it's no air conditioning. I sweated through my undershirt, my overshirt. I think my tie, you know, there was, it said full, you know, cause it was just wet. I mean, it was, and I got done, and I was like, oh. And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety. I'm speaking to, I don't know, 100 Haitian men that don't know me. I don't know their level of Christianity. They might be all theologians as far as I know. You know, we're on a big group down there with uh, 100 people, and only 20 of us or maybe 15 are from Sunshine. They don't know me. Well, I get done, and they're all very kind, and Aaron did a great job. And I'm like, okay, thank you, you know. And I get back, and I speak to Jason, and we're kind of sitting there, and he said, hey, you did a good job. I said, that translator thing about blew me up. And he's like, and Jason spoke a lot more than I have. And he's like, yeah, I don't know how I would deal with that either. And so I'm now sitting back in the congregation, and uh, this whole church service is there, uh, and now the, the capacity is full. I mean, that church is packed. And I, I don't know if you've ever spoke or been up in front of people and then you have to go back and do something normal. You know, the first song, I wasn't there. You know, I'm still kind of come off that high or that anxiousness of just relaxing and getting into it. And yeah, I know we're singing a song and I can kind of hear it and I'm going through it and it's a song I kind of know. And then now the second song's going on and it's like, okay, come on here, you got it. You got to come back in, you got to get back in it. And I realize it's a song I know, so I'm like, our God, he is, you know, because there's no words on the screen or no, you know, and I'm like, okay, I know this song, you know. I'm kind of with it, and, but I'm looking around, all the Haitians that are next to me, and this song that I think we're singing, they're not saying the exact same words. And now I realize in the second or third song, oh, we're not doing this in English, we're doing this in French Creole. But these are songs that I know. I've grown up in church. I've been here since my teenage years. And it's like, so now I'm just singing along. And it's like, OK. And you think, now listen, maybe you guys are better than me. You think you know the words to the songs. <laughs> but when you're, God is alive. And we live and we survive, you know. And I'm really on with it. I'm going, OK, I'm, okay, I'm come on here and let's get it. But they're not singing the same words I'm singing. And now I'm just flooded because they are singing. I mean, they are into it. It's loud, it's, it's just over, it's breathtaking. And I'm kind of getting caught up into them. And I'm, I can't remember half the words. I was like, oh, that's okay, great, Aaron. You don't know the songs like you think you do. And so now I'm just kind of mimicking what they're doing. I'm like, oh ah, ah, yeah. I'm do, I'm now doing English, I'm doing French Creole, and I'm pulling Spanish somewhere because I had three semesters of Spanish in college. You know, I'm now mimicking, I can't tell you, I'm sure I'm just, blah I don't know what I'm saying, but man, now I'm singing. If you ever sit over next to me over there, I'm not much of a singer, I don't like my voice, I'm sure you guys don't like my voice, so I'm now, you know, I'm kinda low, and I'm kinda with it and trying, but now everyone's at their top with their voice, it's just, it's just overcome with it, and again, I'm just blabbering. I, and I don't know if I said my cat's breath smells like cat food or I love the Lord, I have no clue what I'm saying, but I'm just loving the Lord, and I'm just in it, and I'm just mimicking what the lady said, what the, the verse was going to me, and I just, the whole service said I'm like that, and, and I walked away going, wow, that was maybe the greatest service I've ever been part of, and I don't have a clue of a three-fourths of the words I said, you know, where what I would prepared for, for two months, fell completely apart because it was my plan. And God just put it all in my heart to say, Aaron, just be a part of it. You know, just worship with your heart and not with your mind. And this chance right now, we've got to come together. It's about your heart. I don't know where you've been. I can't say the right words right now. I cannot say the right prayer. You cannot say the right prayer to thank God. There's just no thanks to it. But he knows what's in here. He knows if you're just blabbering with your heart or if you're just trying really too hard with your mind. Because sometimes don't let that mind and that mouth get in front of your heart because it, you're gonna fail almost every time. Dear only Father, we're just thankful for this opportunity we have to come together, Lord. We're thankful for that you've given us this chance, this opportunity to, do, to have a place in your kingdom, not because of the right words we say, Lord, not even because of what we do, because you loved us so much that you gave us this opportunity and to love you and to be a part of your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue our prayer, dear only Father. Again, just thankful for this emblem now that we're going to partake of that represents the blood that was shed on the cross, Lord. Again, without that blood, um, without your gift of your Son, uh, we are truly lost. Again, just so thankful for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: songs, this song, and then um, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I will thank you. During that song, the second song, we'll dismiss our children to Children's Bible Time. Gabe's class is going to stay out here uh, this this morning. So, <clears throat> bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing my never before. be My. ago Uh, we've gotten to know rob a little better we're going to hang out with rob a little more so you're all going to enjoy this
4: Uh, it is an honor to be with you today So appreciative of uh, Jamie's kind words. Uh, Isn't it just good to come together first day of the week to praise our God? He's worthy of our praise. Amen. Aaron, thank you so much for what you shared about your experience in Haiti. Been there, literally, figuratively. (laughs) Had that kind of experience. But really what I heard you saying is that You were speaking in tongues during that service. (laughs) That's what was happening. Kidding around. It is difficult. It's as challenging for many of us to get up and and talk, let alone when you have a translator. And I've been there before. And what I want to say is, in those moments, like that word jaded you were talking about, it's like no other words will come to your mind at that at that time and I've even had it where it's like frustrating I'd be like jaded and they're like and it's like you just kinda start to get a little bit tense there in those moments because yeah one word that you were thinking of. So I've been there before. I've i felt those those feelings. Um, I wanna say how appreciative I am of the Sunshine congregation's uh, support of Hope for Haiti's children and really partnership and what God is doing in Haiti. Uh, it's amazing even with all of the challenges that are going on in that country right now. And you may have heard of those the gang violence, the economic struggles and unfortunately it continues to get worse in Haiti, not better. But even with that kind of climate, God is still working in a very powerful way. Just this past week, the students that are part of the Hope for Haiti's children Christian schools started school on schedule, they're learning, they're growing, most importantly they're connecting at the deeper level with their Creator and their Savior, and so even in the midst of great struggle, God is still working in a powerful way in that country. And One thing I want to tell you, and I want to make this very clear, that Hope for 80's Children, this question has been asked, Hope for 80's Children has... um, Zero thought about backing down in the work that we are doing in Haiti. As a matter of fact, that as the struggles ramp up, uh, so does our desire to share the good news in that country. We don't believe like I'll just <laughs> for my own life in my struggles. Uh, in the times of, of great disappointment and my frustrations, I am very th- very thankful that my God doesn't turn his back on me. In the same way, in a place like Haiti, I believe that God is continuing to work there. He doesn't turn his back on me. doesn't turn his back on you. And I don't believe he turns his back on a country like Haiti either. And so we're, we're doubling down in our work in Haiti right now because we believe that they desperately need the good news of Jesus to be preached and shown and enacted there so that they can find the hope through Christ. And so you're making an impact. As a matter of fact, right now in Haiti, we have more projects going on than we have ever had before. Now, three of those are here. As you likely know, we have 10 schools in Haiti, over 3,000 students. In those ten schools at each one of our schools around central Haiti. We also have a congregation, a Church of Christ congregation, that meets at that location. So here are three of our projects going on right now at the Hinch Christian School, uh, further development there so we can educate, train more future Christian leaders, and Mirabalai Christian School and Delma Christian School. These projects are happening and it it kind of is a, a double blessing. One is it's um, helping us to do more in that country to serve more children there, but also as these projects continue in a time of great strife, it's providing jobs opportunities for Haitians there. As you know, we are Haitian led. We have uh, Haitians that do the work in Haiti. There's no Americans from Hope for children that live and work in Haiti. It's all Haitians, and so they're the ones that are overseeing these projects and getting things done. So we're very thankful for that. So many ways, I just want to come with the the message that uh, we're doubling down in our work in Haiti right now. And as I mentioned, this has kind of become one of the taglines for us right now, that uh, in Haiti, they need us now more than ever In many ways, I see it like uh, Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan Haiti right now is that man that's beaten the side of the road, left for, for dead. We want to be the Good Samaritan in that story that steps up to help in a time in a time of need I'm very thankful for this congregation's support. I'm thankful for the shepherds that see uh, that uh, uh, you all help see that finances are directed toward toward Haiti, and we deeply appreciate that. I know that in this congregation, there are many people that are involved in child sponsorship. Thank you for sponsoring children there. That's, in many ways, kind of the backbone of our work. It's an engaging way to support the children in Haiti. If you want to learn more about how you can sponsor a child, uh, you can talk to me after the service i'd be glad to provide you with the information uh, for for that and this year, of course it's getting closer to the end of the year, but uh, for the first year, if someone sponsors a child for the first year, we have a generous person that will match dollar for dollar that annual gift for child sponsorship, in other words, uh, it's four hundred and thirty two dollars for a year thirty six dollars a month to sponsor a child that uh, person said that they'll match $432, which will go to the school in which that child uh, goes, goes to. So that's, that's really an amazing uh, gift, very generous, and so it's a great time to um, participate in child sponsorship, especially if you haven't done so before. So I want to uh, talk to you today about something that is, that is absolutely crucial, uh, to the life of a Christian, in many ways, this is a back to the basics type of lesson. But I do think it's important that we consider, from time to time, the fundamentals of the faith. And so today we're we're talking about uh, we're talking about soil. We're talking about harvesting. Uh, you know, Jesus as a master teacher and storyteller, and so he. He yeah, had this great way of just looking at the surroundings and thinking about what people experience on a regular basis, and connecting the everyday life to these deep spiritual truths. And so we're going to look at a couple of the passages, a couple of the stories that, that Jesus shared that just have a way of connecting with everyday life. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter nine, beginning with verse I have verses 37 and 38 there, but I'm going to start in verse 35 of Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I want you to turn to somebody sitting next to you and just tell them a very simple message. Tell them that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Go ahead and share that with someone this morning. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, we're not just talking about first century culture, right? Jesus is living and preaching it. But we're talking about right now, 2023. I believe it's just the same reality, that the harvest is plentiful. There are people out there ready to accept Jesus, to follow him, to be baptized into him. That, man, the harvest Is plentiful. God is continuing to work, whether it's down here in southern Ohio or whether it's in Haiti. There is a harvest, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Are you a worker? My guess, knowing the history, some of the history of this congregation, is full of people that have been workers for many years many years, sharing the good news of Jesus in this community. I believe that you have raised up more workers to continue to work, not just in this region, but really throughout the entire world. Thank you for that. I believe that God is is honored and very pleased with that. But the work is not done. still a harvest out there. Jesus calls us to be workers in the field. There's a, there's a couple words in this um, scripture here that really stick out to me. Jesus says, we got, we got this note here, he sees the crowd, says that the, they were harass the people, the crowd is harassed and helpless. You think about the people that uh, are in this community, the people that we interact with on a regular basis. And and I think these two words, harassed and helpless, are pretty good descriptors even for this day and age, aren't they? Do you know people who are harassed and helpless? you know people who are hopeless at this point, seemingly hopeless. Uh, so uh, we had a great weekend up there at Round Lake. I'm so appreciative of Jamie's leadership with that and the group that came from Sunshine for that, for that retreat. I was, had the privilege of being one of the speakers. After one of my lessons, there was a, a guy, I was really about my age, probably early 40s, uh, that He came up to me, and he said, hey, man, can we talk? And he shared what was going on in his his life, and I'm talking deep struggles, right, Jamie? I mean, deep struggles, a lot going on in his life. He said, "I, I really didn't even want to come this week, and he said, honestly, I don't know why I'm here right now. And when he said, I don't know why I'm here right now, he didn't mean at Round Lake Christian Camp. He meant, like, I don't know why I'm here right now. On the earth. I mean, this is real life. This happened yesterday. This guy came up to me and told me that. Here's a man, at least, was feeling harassed and helpless. I want you to notice Jesus' response to uh, what he was seeing, because I think this is crucial for the church in our country today. Jesus' response to the crowd when he saw that they were harassed and helpless is not anger or frustration or throwing his hands up in the air. He had compassion toward them. You see what happens, we, like we read the news and we kind of see what's going on out there. One of our natural responses to all that we see is anger and frustration. It's like we're kind of throwing our fist and we say, how can people be like this? How can they make decisions like this? How can they talk in this way? How can they be so hateful and so ignorant? And we get angry with what we see and that anger then fuels for us this desire to to build like this gap or drive a wedge into the relationship. And so we get further, further into this like island over here and we're all angry and upset. Man, how could people be like that? How could they be so ignorant, hateful? evil. This anger that we feel, it drives a wedge in this relationship. But what we see from Jesus when he sees the reality, this people that they're harassed and uh, helpless, he has compassion for them. Maybe our response to what we see in the world needs to be a little bit more like Jesus and have compassion on them instead of anger toward them. I wonder if we had a response like that. We'd feel more compelled to move toward them, to engage them, to listen, and to say, listen, I understand. Like, if, if maybe if I hadn't grown up like I had or perhaps if someone hadn't told me about Jesus, I'd be in the same boat as you are tell you what i love you let's talk would you give me a moment to share with you about jesus who is the source of hope let's move now to matthew 13 we're going to kind of hold hold matthew 9 in your mind as we spend some time with this parable here matthew 13 we're going to work through this quickly i promise Kind of staying with the theme of agriculture here. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and he sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Among other seed fell, or other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So you have four different soils in which the seed falls. First, you have the path. Now, this is one of those parables that's really nice because Jesus later is going to explain it to us. But for right now, just we've got the path, we've got the rocky places among thorns, and we have good soil. A question for you to think about, and and I'm not up here, I mean, we all, we hardly know each other, I'm not up here being like, which soil are you to make you feel bad and to walk away today and be like, oh, man, I'm just awful. That guy got up there, hellfire and brims, he's making me feel bad about myself, he doesn't even know me. What I'm doing this morning, and I, I hope it comes through, I hope you can hear my heart this morning, is that... By grace, by God's power and love, He's calling you to a moment of reflection in who you are in relationship with Him. See, if I didn't do that this morning, I think I'd be doing you a disservice. And as you sit under the teaching of Jesus' Under the teaching of Jesus this morning, I want you to know I'm right there with you, sitting under the teaching of Jesus. What type of soil are you? How do you know if you are the good soil, the rocky soil, the soil that has all of the thorns? How do you know? I'm going to move on now. Like I said, Jesus actually explains this parable to us. And so let's just see what Jesus has to say. Think about that question. What soil are you? Listen to then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The challenge of the times becomes too much, and they give up. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. I mean, is that not a word for today? Worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth. Sometimes, to be transparent, I can see myself as that type of soil. The thorns of wealth or desire for wealth or the, the thorns of Everything that is going on in life is a way of choking out what God desires to produce. Verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So what I want us to do this morning is hold together what we first read in Matthew chapter nine considering the, the way in which God wants to work through us as workers bringing about a harvest and the soil. So we're thinking about a harvest and we're thinking about a soil. Are you the good soil in the way to determine the type of soil that you are? is by the crop that you are producing. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So going back to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We desire to be the good soil producing some sort of fruit because we want to be good harvesters. The, cr- the crop, in other words, that we're producing is the way in which we handle the call to be workers in the harvest field in the first place. Do you see the connection I'm trying to make right now? Nod your head if you see the connection. Why is this important? I've been teaching a Bible class at uh, a mm-hmm. church that I attend uh, in Lebanon, Tennessee. And uh, there's a couple that is in the class, uh, Landon and Corinne. The other day I was teaching on a passage and the word Pharisee came up in the lesson. Raise your hand if you know what the word Pharisee means. I don't have to put anybody on the spot. I would say most of us know what the word Pharisee means. So I'm teaching this lesson like it's no big deal. Here's what I'm doing. I'm teaching the lesson to a bunch of Christians, many that had grown up in the church. And as a teacher, I made a big mistake. I assumed that everybody knew what Pharisee meant. And so I'm just teaching and I go on and I ask the question, why is it important that we don't act like the Pharisee in this Bible story? I just ask the question, you know, why is it important that we don't act like the Pharisee in this Bible story? Some of you, as you've taught, probably have asked very similar questions to that. In the back part of the room, someone raises their hand. It's Landon. He said, "Um, what's a Pharisee? This is an adult Bible class. What's a Pharisee? And I kind of took a few steps back. I was like, oh my. And then I went on and kind of explained what the Pharisees were and described it to him. But I want to tell you, I'm indicting myself right now. Because I've grown so accustomed to teaching Bible class after Bible class, where it's just Christians that have known the Bible or grown up at church, that I was surprised by the fact that there was someone in the class who didn't know what a Pharisee was. I made an assumption that everybody knew what a Pharisee was. Wouldn't it be great, and maybe it's like this in Sunshine, I pray that it is, wouldn't it be great if in our Bible classes, on a regular basis, there were people that were sitting in the back that raised their hand and say, "Um, what's a Pharisee? What does it mean to be righteous? You've used the word Torah. What does that mean? What is the difference in grace and mercy? You see what was happening there. There was somebody who was new to God, the Bible, the church, who was sitting in that class, and I was surprised by it. See so you did envision for just a minute. this in this room right now I believe this can happen all of these chairs right here I wanted to say pews but all these chairs here back over there over here over here imagine that along the back wall there's people standing people sitting in these rows, those rows. And they're all people, when Jamie's up here preaching, when he says, don't be like the Pharisees. All of these people. Be like, um, can you tell me what a Pharisee is? I've never heard that word before. Sunshine Church, how amazing would that be? People in the back saying, oh, you've been using this word righteous. What what does that mean? Y'all are taking communion. Why? Why are you taking communion? What does communion mean? Wouldn't it be awesome? Jesus said, The harvest is there. God's been doing the work. But the workers are few. Are you a worker? There might be a landing in your life. And all he needs is an invite. Would you come? The man that I was talking about that said, I'm struggling right now. I don't even know why I'm here. Do you know why he came to that retreat? Because someone sent him a text message. And this is what he said Well, since Russell invited me, I thought I better come. Since Russell invited me, I thought I'd better come. Who's the person that's on the other side of a text message from you? The harvest is out there. The issue, according to Jesus, is that workers are few. Are you a worker? What type of soil are you? Is the good soil, according to Jesus, produces a crop. My brother-in-law is a farmer, and he's, he has another job too, uh, but he, he does some farming. He really loves the farmer. He'd love to be a farmer. I mean, it's all he thinks about is farming, um, and they're up in northwest Ohio, and my girls, they are nine and seven years old. It's so funny. Every, every summer, we come up and spend some time with my parents, and uh, some of the land that my brother-in-law farms is right there. It's my parents' land. And so this is hilarious. So my girls are from Tennessee, but I would consider them growing up kind of like city slickers, right? They just don't know a whole lot about the agricultural world. But it's hilarious. Now, every summer when we, when we go up to my parents' house, both of them Comment on the crops. <laughs> it's so funny. They're like, "Man, that corn is not doing so well." I'm like, "Don't tell your Uncle Brian that." But they're like, "That corn is not doing so well." Or they're like, "Oh man, he's doing soybeans this this year." Or, "Well, you know, why didn't why didn't Brian plant his stuff earlier?" I guess it's been kind of wet. Like they're nine and seven. They're making comments on the crops. It's so it's so funny. I'm thinking maybe maybe you'll become farmer someday. Who knows? They've come to notice the crops and notice how they're doing because they have spent time with people who have talked about the crops. They didn't just come up with that, right? They've heard their Uncle Brian, they've heard their Aunt Andrea talk about how the corn's doing or how the soybeans are doing. They've heard their grandpa talk about how Brian's crops are doing. I think part of what it means to be someone that's producing crops and to develop Christians in the congregational setting that are producing a crop is that we are continually talking about how the crop is doing. So I, that doesn't mean you look, you know, go to somebody and say, hey, man, soybeans or, or, you know, what's going on with your corn or something like that. But I think part of it is as a church. We're continually getting real with each other about what God is doing in us, through us, and among us. We can be real about that. Man, how are we doing as the Sunshine Church? We're told that the harvest is plenty. Are we seeing a crop? Are we seeing a harvest here in our congregation? If not, why not? What needs to change? What is the soil like in the Christians that make up this congregation? Church, I'm talking to myself. What am I doing? Am I worker? What kind of soil am I? I want to close by telling you about Emmanuel Mateel. Uh Emmanuel is one of those amazing Haitian Christian leaders and he is sold out the gospel i wish emmanuel could be standing right here right now telling you about the workers in the field and about the harvest and about the soil because i believe he's much more qualified to do so than i am let me give you an example so in 2016 as you know the haiti has faced so many different dev- devastation in 2016 they were hit by a massive uh, hurricane in the southern coast uh, there's an area called Chambalan down there that was, I mean, they were, they were just beat down, that whole, that whole area. And so this is so cool to think about. The congregation, the Delma Church in Haiti, they, uh, just like we do around here, they did a disaster relief trip from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, down to Chambelan, the southern coast of Haiti to do work projects, to uh, clean up and rebuild. As they're down there doing this this work, they're telling people that they're down there in the name of Jesus. So they're sharing uh, the good news of Jesus as they're serving those people, providing for them as much as they possibly can. So many people, as a result of their preaching, came to Christ that they started a, a Church of Christ they're in Chambalong. Emmanuel works in Port-au-Prince. However, he continues to travel to the southern coast several hours, going down the southern coast to preach, teach, and motivate the Christians down, down there. Now, this isn't as simple. Emmanuel's trip isn't as simple as like going from Portsmouth over to Cincinnati, we got nice roads, nice vehicles. You can expect and it's going to be a pretty smooth ride. This is anything but a smooth ride from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, down to Chamballon, Haiti. You've got gangs that you've got to deal with. You've got rough roads that you have to deal with. You have fuel shortages that you have to deal with. And yet, Emmanuel, on a consistent basis, continues to go down to Chamballon to tell the good news. And this is from just a few months ago. We got pictures of a couple more baptisms. People coming to Christ as a result of the ministry of the Church of Christ in Chambalon Emmanuel is a worker. I would say that he's good soil. It's producing a crop. Here's what I want to share with you as we close. If Emmanuel Miteel can do this in a place like Haiti, you can do it too in Southern Ohio. I can do it whether it's Southern Ohio or Middle Middle Tennessee. You know, there's reports, you've heard them about the church on the decline, that there is a a minister shortage. Here's what I want to say about this. I hope it's okay I'm saying this, James. There's not a minister shortage, if you think about it, because we're all ministers, right? And maybe in some ways that calls us back to what we were supposed to be in the first place, all of us that are part of, part of the church. But you hear the numbers, you, you see it. But remember what Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. It's out there. God is doing his work. God is not giving up as people, but he invites us to participate in what he is doing, producing a crop, bringing in the harvest. Wouldn't it be cool if this, this upcoming Sunday, next Sunday, some more of these chairs were filled with people who might need to say, oh... What is a Pharisee? It's harvest is what that is. As long as God is on his throne working through his people, it's possible. I'll share these really briefly. Let's start to pray. Let's work and serve. No greater calling or opportunity is before us. Than to work in the field, listen to God, listen to people, and just tell. In the hotel room I stayed in last night, I read a little. I wrote a little note uh, as I as I left this morning. I said thank you. I hope you know I don't know who's going to see it. I said thank you, and I said I want you to know that God loves you more than you know. I hope that you cling to him. I don't know if God's going to use that. No, but whoever it is that sees it is in that room after me, I want them to know it. It's a God that loves them. Sent his son to die for him. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, you, you don't know him. Uh, you don't know the, the life that he offers. Maybe you have... Um, Maybe you have turned your back on him. I promise he hasn't turned his back on you, but maybe you've turned your back on him. Maybe today is the day to come, come home, have that relationship restored. Maybe you need the prayers of the church family. Um, yeah, I don't know how you all do it here. You can come down to the front. You just find somebody. You know, find Jamie, find a shepherd. Pray, you know, if it needs to be in a private way, pray. Um, don't leave today without getting right with the Lord, sharing what's going on. Um, because the stakes are way too high. God bless. Thank you so much for listening, and may God continue to work through this congregation. We're going to go ahead and stand and sing an invitation song.
1: Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever
2: praise you.
3: Good morning everyone it's good to see you all here today um, if you're visiting with us we're happy that you're here stick around for a few minutes and uh, we'd love to meet you and hang out for uh, just a few minutes um, it's really good to see you all today if you're visiting with us online or if you're visiting with us here we're happy that you're with us today um, Rob uh, I don't know where you ran off to oh there you are right there thanks for being here um, We really appreciate you and the work that you do, and um, we're just glad that you that you get to come here and spend some time with us. So, thank you so much for your message this morning, Um, and we pray that uh, that we can uh, gain some of that harvest um, that you spoke about this morning. So, but thanks for being here. Stick around with us. Um, I know there's a lot of people that love to say hi to you. So, all right. I don't have many uh, updates on the prayer request in the uh, in the uh, bulletin, but if you didn't get a chance to grab one on your way in, make sure you grab one on your way out um, and, uh, and communicate with those people. I know that uh, there's a lot of people that are listed on that list, and I know that there's a lot of people um, that aren't listed on that list that are struggling and hurting and need our prayers. And so um, make sure that you reach out to them and, and keep them in your prayers and your thoughts this week. Um, <clears throat> the elders will be meeting this Thursday the 28th uh, for our prayer sessions So make sure and seek one of us out um, We uh, will be making our calls this week uh, We weren't able to meet last week So we'll be doing that uh, this Thursday at 6 So uh, find one of us, Wayne, uh, Rich, John, or myself and, um, and, uh, and bend our ear a little bit We'd be more than happy and love to uh, lift up your thoughts and your prayers to, to God this week so but we'll be making our calls so make sure um, and get uh, with one of us if we if we, we don't happen to do that so that'll be this Thursday at six o'clock um, <clears throat> I'm sure that you all noticed when you come when you came in and there was a column all this week about our four-year improvements uh, that's still ongoing um, for those of you who haven't been here with us our welcome center normally isn't in the in the auditorium here, but uh, hopefully uh, soon we'll have all that, uh, all that finished up and all of our construction and things moved back around. So um, the reason I mentioned that is because there's a lot going on um, that has to do with that Welcome Center. There's uh, several sign-up lists there, and I'll kind of try to go through a little bit of that here this morning. Um, and if you have any questions, make sure and see those people that are responsible for those, but uh, back there in the back, um, the intermission um, kind of kickoff dinner is uh, October the third. There's a sign-up sheet back on the uh, welcome center. Jamie Riley's holding it up back there, um, very nicely um, for for food for that evening. So that's uh, October the third. Um, also, um, there's a sign-up sheet back there for the fall harvest party at at the Dressbacks Farm. Um, we did that last year. It was a great time. Um, but there's, that'll be October the 21st starting at five o'clock. That's a Saturday evening. Um, but make sure and get signed up on the list. I know that he's also holding the list back there, the sign up for that. Um, also, um, uh, there's tonight is the teens, uh, monthly bonfire out behind Wayne and Ermalee's house. So if you're involved in that, uh, make sure, uh, that, uh, that you're there for that, um, Logan, Boston, and Ashley Boggs' wedding is coming up, I think. Is that this coming weekend, Jamie? Okay. So make sure and keep them in your... I know that some of our people will be... Is that here in town, or where is that at? In Ironton, okay, yeah. So Logan Logan and Ashley, and also along with that, I noticed this morning that uh, uh, we missed a couple weeks ago. Austin Porter and Sagan Gamp were married a couple weeks ago. They're both here with us this morning. Congratulations to you guys. I know Sagan's probably out with your son right now, but congratulations to you guys. Um, We're happy for you guys and uh, excited about that. So um, Logan and and Ashley uh, this coming weekend. Um, The uh, Sunshine Fall Home Groups are coming up. That's going to start in two weeks, October the 8th. We haven't got our pads laid out uh, yet. And the honest truth behind that is, is that we just don't have enough homes signed up yet. So if you are willing and able to open up your homes for those home groups, starting October the 8th, next next Sunday we'll have two weeks, next Sunday and the following to get signed up to attend those home groups. I think there's three names on there now. I know that we've talked to some other people, four on there now, Jamie says. We could use another three or four, so make sure and get your names on there. Uh, we may be calling around this week uh, to, to get some, uh, to twist your arm a little bit to get those home groups. We've got a really exciting um, study uh, planned for that, Francis Chan. It's called Finding Truth. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys have signed on to your Right Now Media apps, um, but if you haven't, you can preview that on your Right Now Media apps. If you have not logged into your Right Now Media apps, um, see Jacob Miller or see myself. And we can get you hooked up on that. Um, we'll have the uh, next week along with the pads being laid out to sign up. We'll have the study guides and also the communion for those evenings uh, next week. So there's a baby shower coming up for uh, for Shelby Williams. That will be on October the 21st, um, and that is at 11 o'clock here at the uh, at the church building. So. Um, you can RSVP there's information in the bulletin for that um, the uh, hanging on the back window of the, of the auditorium here is our pictorial directory so they'd like for everyone to go through and kind of okay that um, it is really really close to being done if you haven't had your pictures I know that you can still submit those online to Garris um, and he can you can see him for that um, Make sure that on the list that are on is on the uh, wall that your email is right because that is the way that you're going to be able to log on to uh, the online version or the app version of the pictorial directory. So make sure that that's right on there. Um, they said make sure and just put a check next to your name if everything looks correct. Um, but the pictures are back there. The pictures are looking good. You guys are looking really good back there. So. If you haven't had a chance to get your picture, I know that once we get the app loaded and everything's on there, you'll be able to load your own picture onto your onto your uh, to your section. So uh, make sure and check that out back there on the wall. Um, I think that's all that I have. If I missed anything, um, I'm sorry. We'll we'll do it again next time. So, um, but if you'll stand with me, we'll be dismissed in prayer this morning. <clears throat> God, it truly is good to be here. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your patience, your understanding, dear Lord. Thank you for your uh, want and will for us to love each other, dear Lord. Thank you for uh, the blessings that you give us each and every day. For this morning, it's just great to be here amongst uh, the people uh, that see you and love you and want you. Thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. Thank you so much, especially for your son Jesus, for his body. For his blood, dear Lord, for the sacrifice that you've given. Dear Lord, I know that we can't imagine that or fathom it, but we're so thankful for it and the gift of salvation that you've given us through him and that path that you've given us. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. For those that aren't able to be here with us this morning, dear Lord, I pray a blessing on their day. I pray a blessing uh, on everything that they've got going on, dear Lord. Put your uh, loving hand on their shoulder. Let them know that you love them dear Lord, and that you need them. Thank you again for today. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.